Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. Good afternoon, my dear listeners. Welcome to episode 25 on reusable spacecrafts. And yes, I'd officially announce that we are one-fourth the way of 100 episodes. So, yes, it has been a long time since I've uploaded an episode due to uh, multiple things going on. But I would like to thank your continued support that gives me the motivation to continue making these episodes. So, just a quick note before starting today's episode. Back to the topic, as I said, uh, on the reusable spacecrafts as the topic of today's episode. Many spacecrafts have been a turning point of human spaceflight and just spaceflight history. In fact, The first rocket that was launched to space stoked all of us, the V-2. The first satellite that ever went to space, the Sputnik, uh, actually, in fact, just surprised the whole world that something can be sent to space. And that marked the official beginning of the space race between the America and Soviet Union. Meanwhile, that was not just it. We then sent the first human to space, which was even more surprising. Man could go above 100 kilometers. And in fact, that flight was full-blown orbital, which means for the fact that for the first time humans went to space, It stayed there for one full orbit for 90 minutes before coming back, which is in fact a very shocking and surprising thing to hear. And the saga of space exploration does not end there. Man, for the first time, set foot on the moon on July 16th uh, to... Actually, July 20th, 1969, with the Apollo 11 spacecraft. And we then turned out to have went six more times, uh, five more times, sorry, from 
Apollo 11 that was Apollo 12 13 was actually did not manage to land on the moon 14 15 16 and 17 six missions six lunar modules and 12 astronauts have been lucky enough to set foot on the moon six more astronauts have been lucky enough to see their crewmates walk on the moon and with that a grand total of six missions and 18 astronauts went to the moon and even more in fact uh, I think two more uh, wound up orbiting the moon uh, sorry uh, Apollo 10 so just uh, seven spacecrafts in fact went to the moon six of which landed uh, uh, five of which landed sorry and uh, that ended up creating a notion of six landings on the moon and uh, led to what has become the next generation of space and it's not just the moon landing really then we had the space stations the salyut stations the uh, skylab of the united states uh, another space station from the u.s and then we had the mir station from ussr slash russia what it turned to be and then of course we end up with the enormous football field size international space station a grand masterpiece that has been out there from the last two and a half decades and has been continuing to shoot its legacy even right now but sending spacecrafts was very expensive and is still very expensive the space shuttle wound up to be 1.6 billion dollars in today's dollars uh, that is in 2023/24 dollars and that was just too much as as you can see, it's not an acceptable amount that you'd want to hear. In short, the space missions have been a tough challenge. And therefore, reusability is very important. And then there were a few group of men, like at that time a nobody named Elon Musk, and his group of partners like Tom Mueller and they decided let us collaborate and make a rocket that can go up and that was their dream really so they made the Falcon 1 that really started the organization of what we now know and love as SpaceX and then they continued on from there Three failed missions later, the fourth one was a success. A fifth additional Falcon 1 was done before it was cancelled. But then they had dreams. Bigger than the last one. 
they decided that it is very expensive to just send these rockets and they also are very expensive to make in fact many pollutions of money time and energy as well as really the air comes from building a rocket so everything is wasted by building a rocket so they go like hmm what if we build a reusable rocket that could go up and then come back and then be flown again in fact this was not the first time they thought of this nasa had already thought of this with the um not so good space shuttle in terms of cost which i as i told costed 1.6 billion dollars of 2023 such 24 per flight that much that much money is a lot and in fact i must say that can in fact feed half the population of a large size continent like africa so 1.6 billion dollars in spending per mission to space which is coined reusable is a lot of money to be spent and we can we can also think for the fact that uh while they did used to land back the shuttle had uh, the orbiter module and the two boosters land back they cost a lot of money in repair uh are there a lot of complexities in the refurbishment so i will just say that they only used the metal the material and the hull of the spacecraft while extracting out and replacing every single thing else costing up that lot of money so in short this was not how they were going to do it and they decided to do this the hard way and spacex launched a rocket came back while firing the thrusters creating a reentry path and then landing on land at their facility or a drone ship out at sea a floating vehicle to land at the center of it and that was what was the dream of spacex and it was not an easy way yet it redefined launch technology and it impacted on revolutionizing space access in fact if you want to launch something on a spacex rocket then with their uh, starlink slash uh, you can say cubesat slot uh, for cube satellites can only spend about 1 to 2 million in right share money and then sp- spend on the launch which is in fact a very reasonable price in fact uh, last time i checked they were 500 million to 1 uh, 500000 to 1 million dollars sorry 
in order to launch a spacecraft uh, cube satellite to uh, on the falcon 9 and then there's also uh, an estimated cost of 62 million 2020 to 24 dollars that have changed over while which basically means for the fact that for very little money that is in fact uh, 20 million uh, sorry 60 million of price for a dedicated launch is not a lot when compared to say the hundreds of million that uh, cost for the Vulcan rocket so yeah I must say the reusability factor SpaceX leads and it is a le- leading example of how reusable rockets can shine in the space sector really. So now let's talk about uh, some challenges of reusable spacecraft engineering. There are a lot of hurdles and those hurdles that are encountered are just notably in the fact of uh, landing. Of course, there's landing and navigation and guidance in order to make sure that a spacecraft can land in the middle of a ship. I think that is no easy feat. But we will not discuss that. I will talk about the hurdles of refurbishment. How SpaceX has really proved to be a reusable rocket rather than a more better term of refurbishable rocket. As I said, the space shuttle basically used out its hull and uh, structural body and replaced everything possible. In fact, at the orbiter processing facility OPV uh, of the Kennedy Space Center in Florida, they remove out the engines, 27,000 silica tiles, some of the major interior components, They even do checks and replacements on the wings and they in fact sometimes have to replace the carbon-carbon modules and some missions have wound up due to space debris replacing all mirrors and on the inside the payload or the cargo bay doors have been replaced with constant heat shielding uh, clothing and therefore This is just the basics that I've been covering. In fact, the nose of the space shuttle counts for a complete replacement for carbon-carbon. I think it, it really felt like telling a really long list here. So in short, they replaced everything. And uh, again, since I blabbed out a long list of what is replaced in basic space shuttle is a very refurbishable rocket but let's just say that this is the orbiter module and it went through the whole part of the flight so it needs some refurbishments what about something more basic well the orange external fuel tank was discarded so there's these solid rocket boosters that were also well reused I would say 
reusing these well they were a nightmare because it turns out well reusing these were never an option side note here they were as expensive as creating a new one but anyways back to the uh, normal uh, topic we can clearly understand that the space shuttle had its orbiter module a bit to offset but this srb solid rocket booster was no easier reusability either so here they had to first extract out the apcp that was left since there was the side walls the apcp might have uh, stayed stuck or glued to they would first scrape and flush out the apcp they would then remove out carve out the uh, interior they would then remove the hull and then separate it into four segments that it was designed into as well as the nose and then the bottom combustion engines then these are transported to train in utah in a a uh, facility and then they then they are done more checks and for any small problems that segment might be sent back to florida but say everything is good in utah they will then fill it out again with solid uh, rocket fuel and apcb and then they will uh, seal it with plasters that they will first inject and then put uh, these segments uh, sealed send them back to florida where they will be assembled in the uh, in the vab vehicle assembly building and then finally they will be sent out to the crawler to the launch site in order to be launched so again for both of these cases they just used the body and removed out everything else these things were as expensive as just building new ones and made such concepts really useless all in all it's a real challenge in order to make sure that you are refurbishing a rocket booster now i just blabbed out what happens with the space shuttle let's talk about what happens with this uh, falcon 9 of course yes it's just one module not three but let's not compare it with the orbiter and keep us fully focused on the uh on the solid rocket boosters so one srv versus falcon 9 which is better to refurbish now let's say we start a race both have landed down and i have already mentioned the process of the Uh, 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 orbitals, uh, solid rocket boosters of the space shuttle. So let's talk about what's really happening here with the Falcon Nine. So as the flag begins in this race, clearly what will happen first is that while the orbiter uh, is being transported uh, and have been re- reached to one location, let's say that here in the Falcon Nine. A first, the checks are done. Where they 
check wherein the liquid fuel has been left up or sent out and then they will check for all carbon in soot at the same time in all over the first stage then they will clean out that carbon or soot of course and then they once they have reached the facility with the orbiter transport vehicle which was yes used first for the space shuttle orbiter they will then take it to the factory and then they will start to just clean out do some minimal checks and the smallest possible replacement so if there's something wrong with a wire pipe or a metal pipe they won't replace the whole engine of that has the uh, malfunction metal pipe they'll only cut out a portion of that pipe and then put in over that a uh, malfunction metal pipe and this is of course really necessary to do because private companies don't have unlimited government funding and therefore they are trying to have the cheapest possible alternatives this is what spacex really does and therefore in what would take 3 to 5 months for the srbs this could be finished in just a whopping week and sometimes even a few days of course the longest time that has been taken were the initial timing that took uh, about a month in order to finish this but just uh, keeping our playful race off we can clearly understand that spacex has taken the lead here on trying to do, do and take cheaper alternatives making it the leading uh, company in reusable launch vehicle vehicles now let's come down to the big rabbit hole big rabbit hole the economics that is the third segment of this episode let's talk 10 minutes straight up and forget everything else and talk about What are the economics of these designs? Well, in fact, economically comparing, I think I've been a bit too harsh and unfair on the space shuttle now, despite being uh, such a wonderful spacecraft. So, taking a break from space shuttle, we'll talk about some normal, more expendable versions of. rockets that well go to space so let us talk to its direct competitor and i think probably uh spacex's biggest possible contender uh, competitor and contender now delta rocket series by ula united launch alliance we're talking about delta 4 heavy but i think that's a direct comparison to the falcon 9 heavy which we won't talk about now let's take a more easier approach with the saturn uh sorry the atlas series of rockets saturn 5 has of course been the major contender yet uh, i will just take a short break up 
from uh, the well space shuttle series and we'll talk about the the spacecraft of atlas 5 so let's talk about atlas 5's uh cosper launch so well the price has been a bit competitive it starts at 109 million but you know things are not really uh, such a such a uh, you can say proper comparison since uh, it can also be raised by multiple other constraints so we can take about 100 180 to 190 million dollars to just go to space so with a cost of 180 to 190 uh, million dollars for the permission clearly spacex here wins the the wins the race but uh, wins the uh, first segment sorry but clearly since 180 to 190 was for uh, the reject 422 or n22 series which means that uh, uh, these are with solid rocket boosters even in the emptiest or uh, you can say the lightest stage of the atlas 5 versus the falcon 9 120 million is the cost of the atlas 5 in its really the most lightest least heaviest least lifting comparison uh, compared to the saturn uh, uh, sorry the falcon 9 but still uh, this one has won by SpaceX since it only cost 62 million versus uh, 120 million. So, first segment was for SpaceX 1-0. Now, let's talk about what is a different what is a different stance of view payload lifting capacity so the falcon 9 was described as capable of launching approximately 9500 kilograms 9.5 tons or 20900 pounds approximately for metric view uh, imperial viewers to low earth orbit and was projected to be at a price of as we discussed 62 to uh, million dollars that is how much can be lifted with uh, of course keeping the fact that they are expended for the reusable version, it it was uh, eight tons or eight thousand uh, kilograms of launching to low Earth orbit. Now Atlas V on its uh, as I said, the uh, at this time since the lightest really can barely go anywhere, I 
will account this to the configuration of 501 that uh, can uh, launch with uh, up to again 8000 uh, kilograms to low earth orbit uh, for 501 the lowest configuration and I would call this a tie since uh, we are talking about the economics of reusable rockets not expendable rockets since yes the expendable can launch more but let's just keep this to the reusability six and therefore this is a tie so two one for both the spacecrafts now let's extend this from uh since we just talked about the capacity of leo now let's talk about the wet mass of both spacecrafts or launch vehicles so well uh this for the gross or wet mass for the falcon 9 it would be 554600 kilograms to well uh launch itself which means that the whole weight fully fueled and with the satellite it weighs 554600 kilograms and yes it would be a 1700 uh, kg additional to the fairing or a dragon capsule and here well spacex uh is more lightweight with uh, atlas 5 being 590000 kilograms so therefore spacex is more lightweight and therefore it can go much higher and therefore 31 and yes i know this is a very unfair comparison between two completely different rockets but well let's just keep the fun going now let's move to the next criteria and that is of course the launch gap that means how much time of gap there is between the previous and the next, no next launch and with all this frequency of starship uh, i really think the average launch time uh, launch gap time of spacex have just gotten to a bit more than a week at about coming at uh, uh, 14 to 15 days so almost like two weeks apart and spacex has been doing a lot more frequent launches mostly consisting of starship and yes spacex gets the lead again because it turns out that ula uh, launches their atlas 5 about once every six to seven months in a general frame of time scale and sometimes between over a year depending on well the satellite and payload that they are trying to launch and again these launch 
launch uh, differences can account for well what customers they get as well and i think what a lovely th- advantage that spacex has is that instead of being just a launch provider they are also a satellite maker you see ULA doesn't make any satellites so it has to just wait for its customer in order to just make the payload ready in order to make sure that they can launch it and most of the times this gets really late therefore most launches of ULA end up to be just spy satellites that uh, launch over at restricted amount of times moreover you can say that spacex being the manufacturer of starlink has been able to keep its launching track record in order to make sure that the rocket refurbishing and development production line just doesn't stop so this allows them to just keep going despite uh, anything happening with their contractors and keep launching the starlink rocket to keep those rockets active which is something that really gives the advantage for spacex and with that uh, of five different points uh, yeah spacex has really won in comparison of a fairly similar and competing rocket of the delta uh, sorry atlas 5 and yes this in some ways or the other was a bit unfair but let's just keep this here and say that well launching rockets has been a avenue basically and it has been a complete composure of confusion and a lot of things and elements contribute to the launch of a rocket therefore in order to launch a rocket you have to do a lot of hardships and then a lot of pollution of mind energy thoughts and in fact also a lot of air just goes on to building rockets and therefore it makes it a clearly not a suitable option to just discard rockets after every launch and then people like spacex then went on made reusable rockets that were actually cheaper compared to well what turned out to be the space shuttle a promise of a reusable spacecraft and well it was just a promise well that's it from me today and thank you for listening to this episode and again just please please uh, stay tuned share this episode and my podcast to other people because when i see that i'm getting more listens i'm just motivated for the fact to continue making more episodes yes i have been quite recently have been lagging around on uploading a new episode and i've been thinking of just uploading this one from a long long time but really i promise for this time thank you for watching it i will uh, 
try to gain back my consistency back to where it was and also uh coming back to uh sharing this again since when more people listen to my episodes i really get that motivation to keep making more episodes for you and again with that i would like to end today's episode with that note anyways that's it from me i'm your host venkatraman patnaik signing off